Welcome and good morning. Uh, Mike, where's Mike going? Oh, Mike's not here. Mike said there's no speeches. I guess I had missed the notes. I, so this is just a, a welcome and then I'm done, I guess, since he said there's no speeches this morning. Uh, I do appreciate uh, uh, Jay for, uh, before I preach, did some of three of my favorite songs, started to get me energized for the lesson today. I'm not be preaching, I'm just going to be teaching. So um, if you're uh, if you're last week, you heard some great preaching from Dan, and you've heard from Jason, and of course you've heard from all our pastors, and they say, well, we have a, a great set of teachers and preachers here. Maybe until today, but maybe not, we'll find out. <laughs> so we are going to talk uh, of lessons from Job, and these are my lessons, not, there's probably lots and lots of uh, lessons. I also would like to thank, I'm sorry, I missed, uh, my sister came down, and her husband from Midland, uh, Lynn and Gary, thank you very much, and uh, Brian, my favorite nephew, and oh, I'm sorry, uh, Philip and Carrie, they're, they're favorites too, uh, they came down to listen to me talk, I hope they're not uh, disappointed. Uh, if you're a guest today, please beware that I am not the usual pastor, and I also am not one of the gifted elders, but by God's glory, I have been blessed to uh, able to preach, teach, and praise the Lord today. Uh, I appreciate Daniel. He's uh, uh, had a layover in, in Paris. He texts me and said, hey, I'm praying for you, Lee, so I appreciate that. Um, if you think I've done a poor job please come back next week to hear one of our gifted pastors. <laughs> now, if I do a, a good job or even a great job, also please come back because you can hear even better preaching next week. I also will be going through a lot of verses today, uh, so keep your pencil sharp. If you get behind, just let me know and I'll give you all the verses. A lot of verses from Job, obviously, since I'm a talk on Job, but also verses from the New Testament. I think it's better that I uh, hear God's word, better for you would hear God's word than a bunch of my words. Um, appreciate Pastor Daniel and Pastor Mike for their support and prayers. Uh, Daniel gave me some advice, and Pastor Mike had given me some advice. And I said, Mike, I'm only talking for about 20 minutes. You gave me 30 minutes of notes. So uh, I think I'm going to keep it short unless I go through all of Mike's notes, and it might take a little longer. Um, I appreciate all those people who've been praying for me. Uh, before I start, I need to inform you that I, I do have a speech problem. No, it's not I, I stutter or anything like that. So, matter of fact, I didn't even know about this problem until Deb and I happened to move to Georgia, and then a bunch of my coworkers told me I had this problem. I said, well, what is this? And he says, Lee, uh, you talk too fast. And, of course, being the understanding and compassionate guy that I am, I replied, no, I don't think I talk too fast. I think you guys listen too slow. <laughs> so if any of you, maybe from the Southern persuasion, maybe have a problem listening too slow, just cough or you'll clear your throat. Now I'll get the hint. Now I'll try to slow down this bill here. Bill, not, not singling you out, Bill, but if, uh, if you have a hard time, okay? <laughs> Here's 
there's also some other good news is that uh, I'm a firm believer that if you can say something in five words, don't say 20 words. So I think I'll probably get done way earlier than Pastor Daniel. Uh, hopefully, you get as much out as Pastor Daniel. May that come out wrong, I think. You know, is, we haven't started recording yet, have we? Oh, no. Okay. I love Pastor Daniel. He speaks just the right amount of time. As we read through the Bible, often we run into books, maybe the first time we read it, it's a darn it, that's a long book, and I, I didn't get a lot out of it. Uh, maybe you've done that, and then you read it later a second time or a third time, you said, how did I miss it the first time? So many lessons I, I missed the first time, I started checking the box, read through my Bible, checked the box, but didn't get a lot out. I'm not sure if that's happened to you, but two books has been especially Job was one of them, and the other one was Revelation. One was the wisdom of Job, and of course, the wisdom of Revelation as well. So we're going to read to you, uh, talk about that. And I originally debated because I really had a message already for based on Jonah being obedient to God. And I talked to Daniel and said, maybe it's the appropriate time that we talk about Job. In fact, on Job, uh, just a quick note here that you might have saw on Facebook about Brian Spencer. Uh, I understand that he had COVID. He, he actually passed away. So we're going to talk about trials and tribulations and how Christians handle that. Please be in prayer for that family because uh, uh, he's, uh, he's with the Lord now. Uh, also, just to make a note here is that often when I have trials and tribulations in my life and then I, I get through it and I learn the lesson, I like to laminate it. And so this is just a check from Jackson Cooperative Electric, uh, Cooperative Electrical Company from uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. And it's only for $10, but this was a, a really great lesson. I'm not going to go through it today if you're interested in what the lesson was. But whenever I have a lesson, I said, darn it, I don't think I want to repeat that lesson. Let me laminate and stick my Bible so I'll always remember it. This one happens to be for the North Country Trail across the Upper Peninsula, halfway through a 20-mile stretch and ran out of trail. The Lord really was working in my life with that trial tribulation. So I, I would encourage you, if you're having a trial in your life, tribulation, write it down, laminate it, stick in your Bible. Uh, as Joshua is told, write it down. You'll need that for the future. Um, so, uh, matter of fact, I, I skipped the subject here. I was talking about, should I do Jonah and then, or Job and then Pastor, how about Job? And then it was reinforced. Deb and I went to the UP and I had some, uh, trials in my vacation. And so I thought, well, maybe this is, uh, God encouraging me to maybe talk about trials. Uh, I lost three bikes as well as I had sort of a self-inflicted, uh, vehicle issue. Oh, by the way. If you're traveling down the road and a van comes beside you and all the kids are glued to the window looking at you and the two adults in front are screaming and pointing, typically means something is going on with you. And it could possibly mean that you're dragging three bikes down the road on the pavement. Fortunately for me, the bike that was totally destroyed was Daniel's, not mine, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Daniel is also a believer, so I think he forgave me, but it's a good sign that maybe you should stop and check your bikes. There's a saying that what is concealed in the old is revealed in the new. 
Therefore, as we walk through Job, we'll also looking common themes, verses in the New Testament that reinforces that for us. The story of Job is not just a, a nice story in the Old Testament. The lessons of Job can be found all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. They also can be seen in saints today, maybe even saints in this church here. The lessons of Job and what saints here, trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, there may be people right now going through a trial and tribulation right now, but they're using the lessons from Job in their life and glorifying God through that. Uh, today I'm going to outline seven lessons. And these are my lessons that I've learned. Uh, you may find additional lessons beyond that, um, but these are the seven I found, and it's in your notes. Understand the lessons of Job is for believers. Uh, if you know Christ as your personal Savior, then these lessons are there to teach us on how to get through these trials and how to use those for the glory of God. If you don't know Christ, then this trial may be to bring you to a, faithing safe, a saving faith in Jesus Christ. One of the most cherished words I always tell people that I want to hear, and hopefully you want to hear also, is, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I look forward to hearing those words, and I pray that all of you are looking for those words as well. But now reading through Job, I heard something, read something that also we should all want to hear as well. These are, have you considered my servant? Have you considered my servant? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and right, upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Wow, can you imagine the Lord saying that about us? Wouldn't you love to hear, have you considered my servant Lee or Mary or Dorothy or Gordon or Bill? Have you considered my servant who is upright and blameless? Maybe these words could not be said about your life. Maybe you're going through trials today. Could these present trials that you're experiencing be molding you to be more Christ-like? I pray that Christ will give you wisdom and strength to use these trials. We do know trial brings, trials bring wisdom. Now, if you're not having any trials in your life right now, I'd ask you at inner service, please come forward. We're going to lay our hands on you and pray for you and say, Lord, give him some trials. Give him some, some tribulations in his life. So he can grow or she can grow and gain wisdom as, as well. I don't believe any of us have the significant trials that Job had, although all of us have went through some trials. And if you have not gone through, I'm sure you will. I'm going to walk through some of the trials I went through in my life as I go through here. And as we walk through Job together, let's see the benefits that Job received from his trials. The book of Job is one of the first books of wisdom in the Bible. Fundamentally, the book of Job is asking some of life's most difficult questions, such as, if our God is wise and righteous, 
then why do righteous people suffer? That's where it said, Job was righteous and upright. Second is, why do wicked things, wicked, wicked seem to go unpunished? And but most important, how should the righteous conduct themselves when they do suffer? There's a couple assumptions as Christians we can make. First one, God is sovereign. God created a whole universe. He created us. He is sovereign. We are owned by God. Second, God is good, and he loves what is right and hates what is evil. So is there a mismatch between righteous people suffering and God being sovereign and good? Many books have been written on suffering. I'm not going to go through those today. There are lots of great books on why good people suffer. I'm going to concentrate on seven lessons that I have learned. So let's get uh, started with an introduction to Job. In Job 1.1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Now, if you're a pastor here, some of my pronunciations may be unique. Different, that's okay. You'll understand it's the same person that you're talking about. I'm, it's just old English for me. Job was very blessed. Verse 2, there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the, of the East. Had a fantastic family, had great wealth. Unfortunately, although Job had a large family and great wealth, what we know most about him is his trials. And we've seen soon after this trials begin. First, he loses his wealth in verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking, whining in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkey and feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. The Sabians. I don't think Nick Saban from Alabama is related to him, but we don't like him either, nor the SEC. Where is the SEC group here? Okay. I shouldn't have said that. While, but yeah, being a Christian, you have to forgive me, so... While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell down from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, verse 17, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Wow, this is this is a bad day. This is turning into a really bad day. Well, by the way, next time you have a bad day, you know, I always tell people, hey, my brothers didn't throw me in a pit and sell me into slavery, but they also, the Sabians didn't come down and the Chaldeans came down and took all my stuff. But then next, it's even the worst day. Next, he loses his children. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came, upon the, came across the wilderness and struck down the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young people. And they are dead. And I, I alone have escaped to tell you. 
wow, Job's day just keeps getting worse and worse. So how did Job take that? Well, this is a great lesson. I'm sure I could not do this. I suspect probably most of us couldn't say what Job did. Job said, verse 21, Naked I came in from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. After he's lost all this, still praising the Lord. Job was a very mature believer. Next, the day continues. Next, Job loses his health. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, and he took a piece of broken pottery from which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Job was probably thinking, how, how, how much worse could it be? And then his wife came to comfort him. And, and, and I don't think our wives are like this. I'm, I pray they're not like this. His wife came to him and said, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. I know Deb would not do that, and I'm sure your wives would not be more supportive. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin from his lips. Obviously, Job was going through some very, very significant trials in his life. So again, next time you have a dead, bad day, just remember, Job was still praising the Lord in his worst day ever. So let's go through my first lessons, our two lessons I've identified. First one, and we're going to go through Job, and then we're going to go through the New Testament. And the first one is God knows your trials. God knows your trials. And the sort of the second one that goes with it, we will have trials. God knows the trials. We will have them. But God, put, God puts limits on those trials. So in Job 1.12, and the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has in your hand, only against him do not stretch your hand. So he, the Lord knew what was going on with Job. He was also telling Satan, By the way, you will be constrained in this manner. Then later on in Job 2.6, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So again, knows the trial, but is making sure it doesn't, it's, it's bounded. Let's go to the New Testament and see what it says along the same things about trials and tribulations. In Luke 12, 6, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. In Hebrews 13, 4, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. And he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In all your trials and tribulations, the Lord's not on vacation. He's not sleeping. He, oh, darn it, that caught me by surprise. The Lord knows exactly what you're doing. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And one of my favorite verses is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation or trial has taken you, overtaken you. That is not common to man. Common to man. Trials and tribulations are common to us in a fallen world. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. 
He will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, what you can bear. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way to escape that you may be able to endure it. And then in Romans 8.28, and we know that all those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So all these things, he said, man, this is terrible. How can it be worse? All things are being worked together for your good and the Lord's glory. So what is, so what is revealed in the new? Oh, but God knows our issues. He has not fallen asleep. He's not vacation. They are being used for a purpose. So what is revealed in the new? All trials and difficulties are common. Even, unfortunately, even to those who know Christ, we will have trials and tribulations. Two is God is faithful. God is faithful. That's the reason I put these things down. I got a whole bunch of them. I'm breaking the binder in my Bible is because the Lord is faithful. The Lord did not forget about me when I was on the trail lost in 10 miles ago to bushwhacking across the river. The Lord knew where I was. That's a fantastic story I'd love to tell you sometime. Three is your trials will not be greater than your ability to handle. Although you might not know your strength or your abilities, and it may seem that you really cannot bear it any longer. There may be changes in your life or people that come beside you or into your life to help you, to help you hold yourself up. And four, God will make a way to escape, if need be, for you to endure. Now, these are ones where God provides escape. Trust in Christ and re-worship him. Do you know him? Have you received him? Have you repented of your sins and trusted him? Are these trials being used to grow you? But wait. Pastor Daniel's been talking on James. So what does James say? James say we should count it as a joy. Not just a trial, tribulation. It's a joy when we have these. James 1, 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And James 1, 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So it's not just steadfast. We will receive crown, a crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And the verse I got from Mike, for, there's a, for this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it? You endure. But, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For you, this has been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed so sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continually endured, entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So God has established limits of your trial. We don't know the limits. We don't know sometimes our ability to uh, handle these trials. God does, and he will allow us. Now, it's interesting when I was going through this, I found a, a lesson uh, of uh, training a dog. And if you don't, we have two dogs, and I said, yeah, this is what happened to our dogs as well. If you have put a piece of meat in place on the floor near the dog, and the, and the master says no, which the dog knows means that he cannot touch it. 
The dog will usually take his eyes off the piece of meat or whatever's on the floor and put his eyes on you or on the master. Because the temptation to disobey would be too great. Instead, fix his eyes on the master's face. This is a lesson from the dog. Always look to the master's face when we're running through trials. Next lesson, lesson three, is seek growth. Seek growth, not vindication. This may be one of the most difficult lessons for Job. Job wanted God to vindicate him. You said I'm a, a righteous man. Uh, verse, uh, Job 30, verse 1. But now they laughed at me. Men who are younger than I, whose fathers were, I would have disdained to sit with the dogs of my flock. And now I have become their song. I am a byword to them. They abhor me. They keep aloof from me. They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me because of the trials I'm running through. Matter of fact, here's his friend, uh, Elihu, says, Behold, in this you are not right. I will answer you, for God is greater than men. Why do you contend against him, saying, We will answer none of man's words, for God speaks in one way, and in two, maybe through man, through man does not perceive it. So Job's friends say, Hey, your problem is because your unrighteous life is causing you to have these issues, not because he was righteous. I have a special love for Job because I had a similar experience. Not because I was blameless and upright, actually just the opposite. I was rebellious and sinning, although I was saved at the time. In fact, my sisters always told me I was rebelling against God. I don't know if Lynn over here said that. She probably did. She was always bossing me around. Uh, so, and so if you, if you know my story, I was saved at 16 in a front uh, porch of my house. Praise the Lord for that, but for 12 years, even though I was saved, I didn't live for the Lord for 12 years. And when I always tell people, you are truly saved, two things are going to happen. Either the Lord's going to bring you up, get your, get your attention, or he's going to take you home. And in my case, he didn't take me home. Obviously, I'm here. But he, he did get my attention. When I was 23, I married Deb, my beautiful wife. Uh, but if you do the math, 23, I was still not saved. Now, this might have come out wrong. I, it wasn't that, that wasn't a sin, marrying Deb. She's been a blessing, a great blessing to me. But when I was married, I was married, uh, I married her. I was saved but not living with the Lord. And Lord, and actually, Deb was not saved at the time. So after we got married, we tried to start our family. And we uh, tried for five years. When at last we found out that Deb was pregnant, we rejoiced. We've been trying so hard, finally we're going to start our family. Fortunately, Joy was not the last. Just like Job, we lost that child that we wanted for such a long time. This loss caused Deb and I to do a lot of soul searching. And the Lord used this child to reach Deb. And I picked us to get serious about our faith and also led Deb to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Talking to many of you, all often many of you have a similar story, that you were wandering, maybe you weren't saved, and the Lord used some trial in your life to bring you back to him or bring you back into, uh, into a solid relationship with him. I pray that if you are wandering right now, even though we sort of joked about coming forward, I hope that you do get closer 
Because if you are truly saved, you will get closer or the Lord will get your attention, just like it got my attention. So what is revealed in the New Testament? In our trials, James encourages us to ask God for wisdom in these, in these circumstances. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given him. John tells us often these trials are actually ways that God is pruning us. John 15, 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Although some may say that they don't see the pruning in, in Job's life, actually you will see pruning in Job's life. This was not just a, hey, you know, one upspun between the Lord and Satan. You see that Job is being pruned and Job grows because of this. Often our trials are actually pruning in our life. Just as the Lord pruned Deb and I, uses birth to a child to prune our life and to let us grow. At one time I had these two crab trees in my front yard and they rarely gave flowers on it. And I said, these are terrible. I mean, they're just crab trees, but you get all the, the bad things of the crab trees, but none of the good things. So I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whack these, see what happens. So I really pruned them a lot. In fact, Deb thought I too much. Next year, they were the most beautiful trees. Full. I know trees don't feel pain if they did. These would have been painful. I was very robust in the pruning of them, but they produce much fruit, much flowers. Pruning our life hopefully causes us to be fruitful for the Lord. Have you ever been pruned by the Lord? Are you providing little fruit or little flowers? Are you in need of pruning? The Lord has pruned me many times. I think pretty much all the time has been painful, but at the end I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the pruning. Same time I pray, hey, Lord, help me to grow when things are good so I don't have to be pruned in the bad to grow. And that should be our goal. Are we growing every day or do we need some significant pruning to bring much fruit? In Psalms 119.67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep my word. Wow, isn't that a great saying for life? Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Not my word, your word. And 119.71, it's good for me that I was inflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Next lesson is lesson four. We only, only sometimes understand. We only sometimes understand. Job's three friends thought they did. They understood, even though Job didn't. And they tell him why these trials were occurring. Job's friends thought they understood. Did I hear some coughing? Okay. Uh. As we see, Job's friends thought that because of his lack of righteousness, he was being tested. In uh, verse 4, it says, Then Eliphaz, the Temanite, answered and said, Remember, who that was innocent ever, ever perished? Or where were the upright cut off? As I have seen, those who plow inequity and sow trouble reap the same. Job, these problems are self-induced. It's because of your inequities, in your lack of righteousness, that's causing the wisdom of a man. This is the wisdom of a man. Often we think, hey, 
So-and-so having trials because of difficulties in their life, because they're not righteous. That may be the case. It might not be the case. Uh, Job knew that there was no hidden scandal in his life. Job was defensive in the face of his accusers, but also wondered why, as we do, why? So he got himself entered in the discussion, chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job without out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were you? You were not there. The Lord is righteous, holy. He is infinite. We all feel there must be an explainable cause. Matter of fact, you look at Jesus' disciples even felt this way. When Jesus healed a blind man in John 9, 1, and as he passed by, he saw a, blind, a man blind from birth, and his disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the work of God might be displayed in him. Your trial and tribulation may be so God can be displayed in you. What a, an opportunity. What a benefit. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Maybe it's being displayed in you. Talking to you, many times we hear about the death of a loved one, and we say, why did they die so young or whatever, in a painful death or whatever? Then I later hear after... After the death and after the burial and everything, I hear all the people that, that were saved because of this man's life or this man's death or this woman's death. How many times have you heard that? The Lord working through this trial and tribulation, sometimes great trials and tribulations to reach the lost for Christ. In fact, I know there are some senior saints in the auditorium today who have experienced great trials. And matter of fact, you probably don't even know that except you know their godly character being worked out in them. Lesson five, we can always trust. Faith exists because understanding isn't complete. And originally, I put down that understanding was lacking. And Mike said, whoa, that's a little bit hard. And Mike was right, is that often we have some wisdom, but we will never have all the wisdom. If we insist on living only according to our own understanding and completely apart from trust, then we will probably struggle as Christians. In John 13, 15, and the ESV says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. King James says, trust. I will always trust him. And of course, the great Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Sit in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Philippians 4, 7. I hope I'm reinforcing that what Job is running through, you're seeing in the New Testament as well. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Although Job did not understand the whys of his trials, and God did not give him the answer, God did understand the truth about the resurrection. So often, 
people say, oh, they run through trials and tribulations. I said, I know one thing. I read the last chapter. We win in Christ. Now, there's a lot of chapters before the last chapter where we win and, and go home to be with the Lord. There's a lot of chapters that could be difficult in our life. That the Lord is using those to complete the end chapter where we win through Christ. So Job did have the most important part of the wisdom. Job 14.14 14 says, If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. And then in Job 19.25 and 27, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand we, he will stand upon the earth. So even though Job didn't understand this trial or tribulation in his life, he knew what the end result would be. His Redeemer lived, and, and he had faith in that. So in all Job's trials, he knew his Redeemer lived. So for us today, our Redeemer lives. It is relatively easy to trust God when things are going the way we like them. I mean, isn't this the message? Sometimes I turn the radio and hear some of these... Uh, health and wealth preachers. I like to hear that occasionally myself. But there will be trials in our life. It's not all health and wealth. When the world around us makes sense, it's fairly easy to believe God is in charge. But when things turn upside down and inside out, it's during these times that faith in God is most needed. In fact, I look around and I say, how, how do people make it? who don't know Christ as their Savior, how do they make it? I don't understand that. It must be very, very tough. Next lesson, lesson six, is God will ultimately judge both good and evil. Life can seem to be unfair. Those who do not know God seem to be doing well, while those who truly are servants experience difficulties and struggles. All of us, struggles with this, all of us will struggle with this sometimes, in fact, Deb and I also talk about, at General Motors, I did very well. And we always, we, sometimes we talk about, why don't we have the things that my coworkers have? But then remember the things we do have, where our priorities were in our life, what we gave to. That's the reason why we don't have the, the cottage up north and the condo in Florida. Matter of fact, the Lord gave us something better. He gave us contentment in what I have and the joy in giving to what was needed. Life, so God will judge that. In, uh, in Job 21, 9 to 10, their houses are safe from fear, and no rod of God is upon them. Their bulls, their bull breeds without fail, and the, cows, the cow calves and does not miscarry. Job knew that ultimately, ultimately there would be the end to the story. Job 21, 30, that the evil man is spared in the day of calamity, and that he is rescued in the day of wrath. That's a question mark. God is big. We are small. He knows what he is doing. We are being used and improved. We need to entrust him. Even though it may seem that life is not fair, God is a God of justice. We are small, but God is big. We see life as it affects us, how it affects us in the short term. God sees not just the things in our life, he is concerned about that. He loves us and cares for us, but he sees the needs of all mankind for all of eternity. But again, God is not vacation. He's not on vacation. He's not sleeping. He loves you the same. In our case, God did not wait for heaven to reward Job. 
Sometimes we don't know until we get to heaven. But he did not wait to reward Job. He, he, he rewarded him right away. God was all, always faithful to Job. So we read in Job 42.10. Now this is the end of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, and now the rest of the story. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job, which he had prayed for his friends, when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And the Lord blessed the later, later days of Job more than its beginnings. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. As I started out with this lesson, I said, I, I relate to Job because this is what happened in my life. Job had lost 10 kids. I didn't lose 10, I just lost one. But my story is a little bit like Job, is that the Lord came back. First, Deb and I learned, hey, you're right, Lord. We have not been walking with you. Even though you saved me and then saved Deb, we have not been walking like we should have. Then the Lord came back and blessed us. Lost the first child, he came right back. Twins, a double blessing with Jacob and Rachel. And then, of course, we got Daniel. No, I said that wrong. Daniel's great, too. And gave us five wonderful granddaughters. If you go on FaceTube, Rachel and Jacob, fantastic granddaughters. In a week, I get a sixth one. No grandsons, but I got fantastic granddaughters. The Lord has more than tripled my blessings. And at the same time, drew me closer to him. I cannot think of a better blessing than what I got. The final lesson is we merge when we learn what God is teaching us. Ultimately, Job understand that his goal in life was to be like God. Job had been a righteous man in his own eyes. Job 42.6, Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. A vital lesson that we must all learn is that in order to please God and begin merging from a trial is mercy and forgiveness. Job's friends were miserable comforters, and his wife was even worse. Regardless of his motives, they became part of Job's trials and his life, and that Job emerges from these trials when he begins praying for his friends. Job 42.10, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Connecting back to uh, Pastor Daniel and James, James 5.11, Pastor had sent me this one. Hey, you might want to talk about this too. Behold, we consider those blessed to remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. You have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Our trials can make us better, or they can make us bitter. What are your trials doing to you? Are you going through a Job moment in the past? How about right now? You may be going through one of the future. Remember the seven lessons, these seven lessons that I have learned in Job. God knows your trials. We will have trials, but God limits the trial. Seek growth. Seek growth, not vindication. We will only sometimes understand in this while we're walking the earth here. We can always trust. God will ultimately judge the good and the evil, and we will emerge. 
when we learn what God is teaching us. Let's pray. Dear blessed loving Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this message from Job, Lord. We're thankful that uh, the, the lessons that's reproduced also in other saints in the Old and New Testament, Lord. We're thankful for our own trials in our life, that we've used those trials to, to grow. Lord, we're thankful for the often the double or triple blessing after we've learned drawn closer to you. But in addition to that, you continue your blessings. Lord, we look forward to Daniel returning next week in the message he gives us, Lord. I ask for a double blessing in all the people here today. Ask them to, to think about the message, ask for wisdom, and have this grow in their heart. That's all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.